Hello all, welcome to the Hope Without Sight podcast with your hosts, Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans. The topic of this podcast will consist of many stories of people from various backgrounds and experiences who have had many challenges and have been able to successfully overcome them and rise to the top. So sit back and relax as we give you the best of these diverse stories. Because if you are feeling down and out, like you cannot make it in the world, then this podcast is the right one for you. Because if my guests can make it, so can you. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hope Without Sight with your host, Sailor Cooper. And this is your co-host, Tyler Evans. Yes, for episode 39. We're almost to episode 40 of Hope Without Sight. On this episode, we have a very special lady. I got to know her through Speakers Playhouse. And guess what? We we worked together this past Saturday to write and publish a book together. And one day, we attempted to publish, but um, we got behind. But it's no big deal. We're going to finish it up. But... Before I welcome her, I want to introduce Kelly Filardo is a bone survivor since the age of two on 75% of her body. She found a way to go from near death to success, to the ugly, ugly scarred face girl, to the TEDx stage, not once, but twice. A documentary about her life story, still beautiful, launched on TV a video launch that has over 10 million views. She's a full-time award-winning speaker and best-selling author strategist, coaching people to become best-selling authors. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, local TV announced. Kelly is Kelly's one of the most inspirational people of 2020. Please welcome my dear friend, Kelly Filardo. Kelly, how are you doing today? Oh my gosh, Sailor. You know, whenever I hear from you, you put a just a giant smile on my face. So thank you for having me on your show today. You bet. So I want to start from the very beginning. So I know like at the age of two, there was a major incident. Uh, you were in a fire. Tell us, you know, what that day was like. What what happened? How did it start? And just tell us from the start. Sure. So when I was two years old, we lived on a farm and um, in Spruce Grove, Alberta, and my cousins were throwing shingles in the fire. They were nine and 11. And so they, they threw the shingles in the fire and I wanted to be outside with my cousins. And so my mom let me go outside to be with them. And not even, I think it was like five or 10 minutes later, my mom could hear some yelling and screaming and she opened the door and saw me in flames. <sighs> so what had happened was that a spark had come out, landed on my dress and I exploded. And so, you know, they grabbed a bucket of water, they poured the water on me, put the flames out and rushed me to the hospital. And I spent uh, four months in the hospital there. And every two days I would have to be in the operating room for surgeries. And then every two years until I was about 20 years old, I would have to spend a month of my summer holidays in the hospital having more reconstructive surgery. That's right. You, you, I, I know you had a lot of surgeries because uh, you almost you almost didn't make it. So, so what do you mean by shingles? Like were they messing around with like firecrackers, were they throwing stuff in the fire, like doing dumb stuff? And, and also like... I imagine the dress you had on, like, did it have very flammable material or what? Yeah. So the shingles are from the the roof. The roof. So the roof of the house is like, there was old wooden barn shingles. And so that's what grandpa had told them. Well, we got to burn the, the, the old shingles, right? He said, we have to go burn them all and get rid of them because we lived on a farm. So we did a lot of burning of, of things that could be burned. And so, um, so they were just throwing them in the fire. So they weren't doing anything they shouldn't have been doing. They just should have had an adult around when they makes were doing sense. It. Because and then, 
And Playing then, like, with fire yeah. is very dangerous. Pardon me? Yeah, they, they should they should hang a dart around because anytime you play with fire, it's very dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. And then the dress that I was wearing had rayon. So it was a rayon dress, which is flammable. And so it's not something that, you know, I should have been wearing, but that was back in 1968 when this happened. So it was a very, very long time ago. And so you were burned. So you, I imagine you were on fire for quite a while, which is why 75% of your body was burned, right? Well, what I think happened is that I think the spark landed on me and then I just exploded. Wow. And so um, they got me the fire out as quick as they could. And I think it was just because I was so little, like as a two-year-old. Yeah. Probably just barely two feet. So it wouldn't take very much for, you know, for me to be burned. Yeah. And had you been older, maybe you wouldn't have been burned nearly as bad and you wouldn't have had as many injuries. And so that makes sense. Yeah. And so let's go to the hospital. You know, you spent months and years in the hospital. Like you had, I think, 40 surgeries, right? Yeah. So every two years, they would bring me back into the hospital for more reconstructive surgery. So what happened is my doctor needed me to grow taller so that I would have more skin to work with. So that was why they needed to wait every two years. So then I would grow taller and then I, I would have more skin. I see. Mm-hmm. And I... so some of the surgeries was my arm underneath my arm. It became it. My, my arm joined my body down to my elbow. So it didn't work very well. So then they had to slice open my arm away from my body. And then they put me in a body cast. And I was in that body cast for about six months. Yeah, that's yeah. I I read on your on I I watched some of your uh, TEDx, and I read your website. You had to be in a body cast, and the doctors had to do lots of skin grafts. They had to right. take certain skin off of certain parts of your body and just I guess regraft it, right? So what they would do is because my legs were probably the only spot that I had natural skin. So they would take skin from my legs and then they would put it like wherever my body needed a skin graft. So it could be on my chest. It could be on um, my arms, underneath my arms, my face. Uh, One time my chin, like my, my mouth wouldn't open and close properly because of the scarring on my chin and my face. And so they took this piece of skin from my stomach and they put that on my chin so I could open and close my mouth so I could smile. Wow. It's so and I'm, I've, I've heard, I think your nose was damaged. Like uh, your nose was almost gone too, right? Uh, no, my nose was fine. I mean, I do have some scarring on my nose. Uh, it was my right ear. So my right ear is really deformed. So you know how you have that top part of the your ear? That is all burned off on me, on my one ear. So it's a little deformed ear. So it, it doesn't work very well. Well, so simply put it, like when was the, are you, are you done with medical treatment yet? Uh, you know, and if you are, like when was the last surgery you had? So yes, I'm pretty much done. Most of my major surgeries was done up until from two till 20 years old. And then when probably about, I think, eight, no, about six or seven years ago, I started doing some laser surgery. And so the laser surgery was really cool. Um, Basically with the laser surgery, what that does is they drilled tiny little holes in the scars tissue. And then that pulls out the old skin and it allows new skin to grow. <clears throat> so, so they did probably about, I think it was about 30 laser surgeries on me also, but that was like 
in the last, you know, six to eight years. Wow. In the last six, so that is incredible. You had surgery from the time of the incident until 20, early 20s. I don't know. I've never heard of anybody that has gone through that before. You know, Kelly, you're such a hero. I admire you so much for that. And you've overcome that. And you're good now. It's just so awesome. And now that we talked about your medical, you know, all the stuff medically you had to go through to recover. Uh, let's talk about like growing up. I, of course, I know you've had, you have lots of scarring. And of course, that, that caused a lot of implications too, such as bullying. Um, I know your know, times were very tough, but how did you, how are you so resilient to get through these times? And if, of course, if you have any stories to share, you know, take it away. Yeah. So resilience is, is a big thing, right? Like how do we get through some of, you know, being teased and bullied? Um, when I was in grade five, I remember walking past my teacher's desk and someone had drawn a picture of me and it was a circle and it had scribbles all over it and it said Scarface. And my teacher had already dealt with it, but I was still devastated because, of course, I knew that picture was about me because there was nobody else in my classroom that had scars on their face. And so I thought, what am I going to do about this? Like, how am I going to you know, get through this, because of course I was devastated. I mean, I was praying and hoping my scars would go away. I remember when I was about 15, I would pray to God and I would say, dear God, please don't make me wake up in the morning. But if I have to, can I at least be scarless so I can be pretty like all the other girls? You know, thank you. Amen. And of course I woke up and of course the scars were still there. And I was devastated because I just wanted my scars to be gone. I was, I didn't want to be the ugly scarface girl anymore, but I always wanted to focus on the future. So I would always, you know, be daydreaming about what I wanted my life to look like and, you know, being married and, and having a, you know, having, yes. well, I never dreamed about having kids. I never thought I would ever be a mom. Exactly. Because of my scars, for so one, I thought, would want who you. Could, yeah, who would want me? I didn't think anybody would want me. And then the second thing was, I didn't think I was physically able to have kids. I thought because of my scarring, the way it's so tight around my body, <clears throat> I didn't think I'd be able to have kids. So I think for a lot of it, it was just about not taking everything personally and you know, just, just pushing through it and just realizing that I deserved a life just as much as anybody did. Right. Like I had people That's that right. would say to me, I can't imagine going out in public looking like you. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? Stay home and do nothing. Exactly. And you're, you know? you're giving a message of hope that you are you. I am me. Tyler, you are you. And if people don't want to accept us for who they are, that's on them. Exactly. That's right. You know, your story, Kelly, it really inspires us because we've been through maybe not the same situation, but similar ones where we were not expected to live. I mean, we were born, both of us, three months premature, and yet we still survived. We our lungs collapsed as babies yes. and yet we were in the NICU and we, we made it through. Yes, we did. We made it through. It, it was a few months later, but we did. And yeah. my twin brother, his eyes reversed on their own to where he wasn't blind anymore. And now he's fully sighted and everything. And in fact, Kelly, um, we're writing a memoir about this and yep. I, I know I was in the workshop with you Saturday. I enjoyed it so much. I, I question like whether, because I'm, I'm, this book I'm writing now, which is about stress and personality, by no means it's not the only one. Uh, I'm going to write many, many more. Like I, I just question like which one I want to publish first. And the reason why I chose to publish this book first is one, it does relate to my topic, which is about overcoming life's challenges and also living a life 
of bliss. It, it gives right. a lot of information on how to do that. And also, I got start, I got started to hook on that book first, uh, but by no means, like I by all, by all means, I do have a manuscript. Uh, we okay. me and Tyler, we have manuscripts of our memoir. In fact, mm-hmm. we went over it uh, this past week. I stayed with him. We went over it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start combining with Chat GPT. And you know what? I think this is a book that I want to publish next after I finish this current one. How's that sound? That sounds fantastic. I love the idea. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once you know how to do it, you'll be able to do as many books as you want. And that's the beautiful thing about, you know, publishing a book on Amazon is they make it so easy and it's free to put your book up on Amazon. And so I just love it. Yeah. The other thing is, of course, since I can't see everything, like I'll just need help with each time I do it, I'll just need help with the visuals, such as the formatting and the covers and all that, you know, to make right. sure it all looks good. It does. Well, and what and what's cool is we don't have to just put our book on Amazon. We can even put it in stores everywhere as well, in paperback eventually. That's right. Yeah, to where yeah. people can pick it up and read it in mainstream stores. That way it's not just on Amazon, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I believe uh, it, that day will come. I mean, I think first Amazon, yeah, see how it goes. And then in the future, uh, expand. And then uh, include Audible, Audible as well. So Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and you know what? Uh, yeah, that day definitely will come. And so, yeah, oh, Kelly, yeah. Um, it will. Um, like, what else do you have to share? Like, yeah, I, I also, I remember, I did see your TEDx about, uh, you giving a message about yeah. looking in the mirror, that one? So, so what happened was I knew that I wanted to do a TEDx talk. I just didn't know what I wanted it to be about. So this one, um, this one TEDx event, the theme was unprovable or unsolvable problem. And I thought, you know what? Ugly is, can be made into an acronym. It's only four letters. And I thought, why don't I make ugly into an acronym and make it into a beautiful word? Yeah. Nobody thinks that the word ugly is beautiful. And so, and and I've been called ugly so many times and I've called myself ugly. You know, I think sometimes we are our our worst or our harshest critic is ourselves. And so I thought, you know what? I want to change this. I want, I want to make this better. And I thought to myself, why when do people learn that the mirror talks okay so and I thought you know what here's what it is when people watch Snow White when little girls and little boys watch Snow White at two three four five six years old they see the evil queen talking to the mirror and she asked the mirror a question and the mirror talks back and I thought oh my gosh we learn at such a young age that the mirror talks to us. Yes. And it's our voice. It's our own voice that we're hearing. But still, we think that the mirror is talking to us. And so I thought, that's fascinating. I, you know, because I wanted to know how do people know this? And I know that when I would look in the mirror and I would say, yuck, who's going to love that? Like, I'm covered in scars. Who's going to love someone that looks ugly like me? And, you know, of course, I was being very hard on myself. So anyways, so I thought, okay, ugly, what can it mean? And I came up with all kinds of words. And so the U stands for unique. Every single one of us is unique in our own special way. The G stands for gorgeous. Or if you're a guy, it stands for good looking. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all gorgeous or good looking. And we, what we have to do is stop comparing ourselves to other people. And I know that when I stopped comparing myself and worrying what everybody else was thinking about us, I started to realize that I am beautiful. I am gorgeous. And because, it doesn't yeah, matter Kelly, what other people think. I've been there where I've compared myself to other people because I've, I haven't felt like I haven't been good enough. And that is not healthy. No, absolutely, because you're comparing yourself to other people. And yet right. you might have skills and talents and other you know, qualities about you that make you an amazing person, even more so than the other person, 
right? So we're always yeah. comparing ourselves to people. And every time we do that, we diminish ourselves. Yes, we do. The yeah. L stands for lovable. We are all lovable. The problem is sometimes that we don't always hear it or we don't always feel it. And when we don't hear it or feel it, then we think nobody loves us. And that's not true. Everybody, yeah. people do love us. The problem is we need to now, you know, share it with the world more. We need to reach out to people more and tell them that we love them. And I would do this little exercise. It would be like a Sunday morning and I would just text like randomly 10, 20 people and say, hey, has anybody told you how special you are? And yeah. people, would text, people would text me back and they would say, thank you. You don't know how much I needed to hear that today. Oh, that's so cool. Because we all need to hear it. That is amazing. Yeah. And in we fact, do. we should maybe implement this in our hero system that we have. Yeah. In that where I text like this go out to our members at a certain time, and which we'll we'll talk about hero in a little bit. But yeah, your L, what does the if you have nothing else with the L, what does the Y stand for? So the Y stands for you. So the unique, gorgeous, lovable you is still beautiful. And that's the basis of my TEDx talk. Um yeah. Kelly, you have me crying because I'm still understanding myself. Um because I've experienced that where um, there are certain people who have not accepted me for who I am because, I mean, I know they don't mean to, they just don't quite understand. And this, um, me being on this journey has taught me so much about myself, especially since embarking on it last year. I've, I've gotten to interview so many great people who have unique talents and skills and stories just like you, Kelly, and you're teaching me so much, and I'm grateful for you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I am I am grateful for you guys, and I love the work you do because... Thank uh, you. I know that there's other, like, burn survivors out there, for example, who who see their, their tragedy as a tragedy, and it holds them back in life, and <laughs> they think their life is over, and they think they can't have a great life. And then you'll see other burn survivors like myself or Spencer Beach or John, you know, um, there's so many other burn survivors out there that are like, yeah, this happened to me, but what am I going to do about it? And how am I going to help other people? And so that's why I love what you guys are doing is because you're not letting, you know, your disability hold you back in life. You guys are using your disability to help other people. And that's, that's what right. More of is we need to show people that we are lovable, we are um, acceptable, we deserve to have a great life, and don't let you know a tragedy hold you back. No, that's right, and you haven't. And because I know, like, you never thought you would have kids, and you did, and so I'm, I'm sure, like, you even ingrained this message within your kids, and them. I know I, I also read in your bio that uh, unfortunately you had to divorce. And I mean, we get that. That happens. I mean, what what led you to do that if you know if you wanted to get if you well, wanted to get married? What happened was um we were together for 24 years and I met him when I was like 20 years old and I just wasn't love in love with him anymore. And it was a really toxic marriage. Yeah. And you know, I remember it was my 24th anniversary with him. And I remember that little voice and I, it was our anniversary. I was really upset. I didn't even buy my an anniversary gift. I, I hate buying gifts, but I didn't even like to buy him anything. And I didn't. And he was really upset with me. I didn't buy him anything. And so I remember, you know, went to bed and I'm, I, I hear him snoring. So I know he is sleeping and, and I went to the bathroom and I just started crying. And that little voice said to me, you've done 24 years like this. You're only 44 years old. Can you do another 24? And I said, no, I can't do another 24 years. And I said, okay. And I said, help me, get me out of this. And so that's what I did. That I stopped crying and I went to bed and all of a sudden, the universe started making things happen. And um, 
it was just, I just really felt like I needed to be let go out of that marriage. It just felt like, you know, my, my husband, it seemed like he felt like the life was full of doom and gloom. Like we were almost bankrupt and my business was just costing us too much money at the time. And I just couldn't, couldn't make it. And then I saw the world is full of possibilities. I was learning to be a speaker. I was writing my book. And so I saw the world as full of possibilities. He saw the world as full of doom and gloom. And I just couldn't make it work. Y'all were on the same page. And so like, yeah. I imagine like you asked, you, you, you prepared yourself, you asked for a divorce and, you know, he agreed and, you know, off it went like that, right? Well, here's what happened is we had a, you know, a, a talk about it. And um, he said to me, are you saying that we need to split up and I said yeah I think we do and he said well you can only leave if you give me the house and the kids and I was like oh my gosh a mother is never supposed to leave her kids and I said okay I will leave I will give you the house and the kids so I didn't want the house because I couldn't afford the house and what we did with the kids is I still saw them every day he had to go to work every morning at 5.30 in the morning. So I would come to the house every day at 5.30 in the morning. I would get the kids off to school and I'd be there when they came home from school. And then every two days they would come home with me. Um, so I was still, you know, completely active with the kids' lives. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was devastating for me. But but I knew it was what I had to do. Wow. And, and, you yeah. was, and your kids were... I imagine grown, right? Yeah, my my daughter is twenty three, and my twin boys are twenty years old. So. That's wow. I mean, it it was hard, but you you persevere, you push through, and now your business it's on fire, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Things are going really well. Um, now that I'm I'm coaching people to become best selling authors and get their books out there, including me. Yeah, that's right. And then um, now with chat GPT, that's really been exciting. And um, so now I'm coaching people how to write their books using chat GPT. And that's been really cool, too. So yeah, yeah. I just I just wanted to say something about that. Um, Chat GPT. I was joking with Sailor earlier on a text. I sent him a text about my mom, um, uh, a poem about her that I wrote from chat GPT. I told him, look, this app knows everything, LOL, because I basically told it, hey, how do you make uh, something in the oven? Something simple. It told me exactly how to do it. How do you cook this? How do you do this? How do you do this? How do you do that? And it knows it. It's like, know. How, does it how does it know this? <laughs> it's amazing. And, and what's cool is I'm just using my phone. I went to the chat.openai.com and you know, yeah. logged in and all that with my Google account, whatever. And I just typed it in. Boom. It just spits out stuff. Yeah, it is. Like it's, really it's, for anything. You can do research on anything. You can. It's it, it's in, it, Since it launched in November, I'm just impressed of how far it's come along in such a short time. And I can't yeah. wait to see how much further it comes along. The only thing I wish, I wish it had current uh, knowledge of like 2023 and 2022. And, but it only goes up to 2021 right now. Yeah, it's all it's all coming, you know. Yeah, and it's there's coming. gonna be another there's gonna be more versions coming out. Um, I know that I do like Chat GPT four a little bit better. So it gives you a little bit more in-depth information. Um so yeah, but we're just gonna keep working at it. And it's okay because the thing is really chat GPT is to me, I use it as a foundational piece, I use it as a brainstorming tool an idea yeah. generator. Um, and then I put my own personality and my own content into it. Yeah, so, that's what I do too. Yeah. 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 And my yeah. own stories and, and that sort of thing. So yeah. And it knows it knows grammar too. Like let's say you're like, hey, uh, correct the following sentences grammatically, colon, and you type just whatever you put and then just hit submit. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something else that I've been teaching people how to do in the workshop is how to yeah. take a piece of content and edit it, 
using chat gpt and it's just so cool oh my gosh you could even do it with text you can do it, it anything you could be anything. like anything hey. it's a, and I, I yeah i look forward to using it so much more but um yeah but it's so no, cool and on that note our business is really sparking right uh we have some we have some great surprises i mean it's all not just of course you kelly now you help you're you're a part of this but um it's all thanks to Michelle Abraham. She's incredible. Uh, we would not be where we are without her. And, oh, and, we, and we, also can't, we also can't forget your friends, Scott Irwin and Kevin Kirk. Of course, they've helped us financially. I mean, yes, they did. We haven't made, we ha- we haven't made any revenue yet, but and Kelly, I'm sure you know it's coming very soon. Oh, oh yeah. It'll be here. Yeah. Blink of an eye, boom. Yeah, it all comes. and you know, and another thing you could do is you could take your podcast episodes and make them into a book. Yeah, I'm going to do that too. Uh, that yeah. would be a wonderful thing. Yeah. Absolutely. We, and, yeah, that's another project I'm going to work on as well. Oh man, um, it's like limitless what you yeah. can do with a business. It really is. It's like an entrepreneur is freedom. It, it, it is. equals freedom. You can like do what you want and not be tied down to a boss. Yeah, you know, and yeah. all the baggage that might, might entail. You know, exactly. no offense on people who are employed. Don't get me wrong. There are lots of uh, employed people, but so yeah, I'm um, Kelly. Yeah. I know you have so much time, but so I don't want to take up too much of it. So uh, I just want to get to a, a few more things. So um, of course you you've written five books, right? You're on your sixth one. Actually, I think I've written six, and I'm on my seventh. So and oh, and so, if you can share us, if you can share to us like what your books are about, sure. you know, where people can get them, and also tell us more about like the speaking gigs, because I'm getting into paid speaking too. I'm sure you know Frank King. He and I we're working together until my speaking career needs to to be where it needs to be, or until we die trying, as we say. So I'm with you there, girl. Yeah, tell us about all that. I love it. I love that you're getting your message Amazing. out there because oh, yeah. people, people need to hear your guys' messages and yeah, absolutely. our messages inspire people to have hope. And that's what it's all about. We want to give that's people right. hope that they too can have a great life. And, you know, I'll never forget one day I was in Florida and I was, I was at a, a burn survivor conference and there was a thousand burn survivors there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And this was the very beginning of my speaking career. So I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. And I, I remember listening to this guy speaking. He was a burn survivor. And he had no hands. Like, his, his fingers were all burned off. And he was showing us how he is a drummer. And his name is Dan Carroll. And he showed us what he did. And, I, and he talked for an hour with no handouts or nothing. And I was like, just totally shocked. And here I am, I'm in tears. And, and I'm texting my best friend at the time. And I said, Oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I don't even know why they want me to speak because I didn't, see any, I didn't see value in my story at that time. And so I'm walking and I'm walking and, and I'm talking to him and I'm crying. And I said, I don't know how I can help these people. And I came to the end of the sidewalk and I looked up and I saw this street sign and it said Hope Boulevard. And I was like, oh my gosh, I guess I can just give them hope. Yes. That's right. That's what, you know, we are meant to do is just to give people hope that no matter who you are or what you look like or what you've been through, you're meant to live through this so that you can teach other people how to have a great life. That's right. Amen. Amen. And And we're doing just, just that Tyler, right? Yeah. You know something? I, I am so thankful to live. I'm so grateful that I was born here in America. I really am. Don't mean to be biased because you're from Canada. No, 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 by no means. Uh, But I'm telling you, when we think about what these people did from our founding fathers to just all these people who bled and died for us so that we could live in freedom and liberty, like that gives us hope too. the fact that we we're not in this alone. You know, we can live in freedom and liberty and pursue our dreams 
because that, that gives people hope, knowing that you don't have to be subject to a king or a queen or whatever, you know? Right. That, that can give us hope. Freedom is hope. And also, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a Christian, and I believe ultimately God gives us hope through Jesus Christ. That's what I believe. Do you guys ever get asked? I know I get asked this question every once in a while, and people will ask me, do you wish that this never happened to you? Being blind? Oh, yeah. Oh, I've yeah. Yes, absolutely. I've, I've had times where I was... About that? What do you say about that question? I'm blessed. I'm fine. Oh, yeah. Well, I would say when I was younger, you know, I used to be jealous of sighted people because I wanted to drive. I wanted to do stuff. And I thought, oh, being blind? Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. But in reality, yes, you can. You can do anything. You may not be able to drive yet, but they're working on it. Who knows? Maybe in my lifetime, I'll see it. I don't know. Well, with the, the cars that drive by themselves. You know? it's coming. Yeah. But then you got to think, you know, malfunctions. And what if yeah. this happens? What if that happens? You know, that's the thing. But they're also making a car where the blind person's in full control, too. It isn't just a self-driving car. They're in full control of the car. Wow. That's yeah. It's kind of like when you use an iPhone. You exactly. Know? It's optimized to where you can use it sighted or blind. And there might even be a feature in a car in the future where you turn off this feature and it reverts back to a sighted person driving. And then you can turn the little feature on and it makes it to where a blind person can drive. Kind of like voiceover. Yeah. On the iPhone or talk back on an Android. That's but yeah, um, me personally... You know, I'm blessed as well. Like the fact that I don't have to see, I don't have to see to see the future. In fact, yesterday I was at church um, and our pastor, he was talking about how we, you know, don't have to, you know, like we, we can see, we we need to see the whole picture basically. And he was talking about how the first thing I'm going to see, he mentioned me my name. He said, the first thing you're going to see when you get to heaven is Jesus. And that's going to be the greatest image you'll ever see. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> so, yeah. And anyway. I'm so blessed to be who I am too. And the fact that I was born three months premature, almost not expected to survive. Oh, yeah. Uh, not the same situation, but kind of like with what you went through, Kelly, that I'm here and I have unique gifts. I'm blessed. Absolutely. And same with me. You know, I was three months premature as well. Yeah. And I wasn't supposed to live, but I did. Love it. I love it. I know um, when people ask me that question, you know, do you wish it never happened to you? Um, I say, if you would have asked me that when I was a teenager, I probably would have said, yes, I wish it wouldn't have happened to me. But when you ask me that as an adult, I say, I'm happy that it happened to me because, because of this, all these other amazing things have happened to me. And I wouldn't be able to teach people, you know, how to love who they are or to accept who they are if I hadn't been through this. Right. Exactly. Well, I would, I would because... say the same. I would say the same thing, too, because when I was younger, yeah, went through phases. I wanted to see. I wanted to drive. But now I'm actually cool being blind. I actually like it. Yeah. It's and on that note, really awesome. I'm sure I'm sure like you were at rock bottom thinking. You just want to give up and just be done with yep. this, right? Yeah. Yeah. As a, as a child, I didn't want to be burnt. I wanted to be pretty. I wanted to be beautiful. I wanted to have a boyfriend and, you know, be like my girlfriends. Um, but as an adult, I mean, I see the gift in what I, what I have and what I do. Yeah. And so that to me is more important. Oh, yeah. And, you know. Me being blind, I can teach other people skills such as Braille and the iPhone and the oh, you yeah. know Braille note, you know all these things. And a lot of people don't, uh, you know, they don't. Uh, they may have heard of Braille, but they don't quite grasp the fact. Like some of them are like, "How do you use that phone? How do you use this? How do you use that? How do you write and read and all this?" Well, I can show you. We use yeah. screen readers. We use a regular computer like everybody else. We can print documents. We can emboss them, which is brailing them with a braille printer. We can do all these things. It's just blindness is one of those things that, you know, people need, just need to be educated on. And luckily, 
there's been a lot of education on it and there's been a lot of uh, improvements. For instance, when you go vote, you can vote via Braille and a wheel on, on, a, on a machine with headphones. And it's pretty amazing. So there's a lot that is there is a lot that has uh, gone into improving accessibility for blind people. And also it goes back to our theme of hope without sight, because in the end, you don't have to see visually to even have hope. Exactly. And, And ultimately what what it boils down to hope without sight is hope without a way. In other words, even though you may not see a way, there's hope in the darkness. There is. And on that note, um, I want to share, I want to get to closing remarks because I do want to be respectful of your time. I don't know how much time you have, but um, I know, Kelly, um, you are on Hero FM, which is great. And guess what? We are too. Great. To all the viewers, if you text bliss to this number, that will get you started on living a more happy life. I know, Kelly, you're there, clearly. But to all these viewers who are watching now on Facebook, text this nu- text Bliss to this number. I, I, I hope that everybody can see in the chat because I put this in the chat. Um, what, about, what about on Facebook? Did you put yeah. anything on there? Yeah, I did. Yes, if okay. you text Bliss to 832-481-6806, you will start your journey to a more fulfilling life. So please Absolutely. do that. And we have some and, and we have some great surprises for you once you opt in. So Absolutely. Just be on the lookout for a text and uh, updates will be made available on there as well as on our social networks. Exactly. And so on that note, let's go our closing remarks and I want to read something very special to you on the podcast, Kelly. So, Tyler, do you want to ask the our customary ending question to Kelly? Yeah. So what do you say to people who feel like there's not a way out, that they just want to give it up, throw in the towel, and just give up on life? Oh, boy, that's an excellent question. You know, um, I would say just to reach out to one person. Yeah, it's all about reaching out to someone who loves and supports you and just ask them for help. Um, There was a time when I wanted to end my life. There was a time. Oh, man. And I remember sitting at the, you know, on the floor with my iPad, Googling how to end my life. (gasps) Oh, no. Oh, man. And but I had three conditions. One is my kids couldn't be the ones to find me. It had to be final and it had to be painless. And I started thinking about my family and I started thinking about my kids. My kids would blame themselves if I ended my life. They would think it was their fault. They would think they were bad kids. And if they weren't, if they would have been good kids, I wouldn't have ended my life. I started thinking about my mom my mom would have been devastated. My mom would have been like, oh my gosh, maybe I should have been a better mom to Kelly. My my sister would have said, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. If Kelly needed money, why didn't she come to me? Because we have money. We would have given her all the money she needed. you know. And I started thinking about all those people and I thought, how horrible would that be? My ex-husband, yes. he even would have said, I wish I wouldn't have had that fight with Kelly she would still be living, you know? And I thought this is just horrible. And I thought, what can I do? What is one step that I can take to, you know, get myself out of this? And basically it was just, you know, talking to people who I love and support, who support me, you know, my best friend, if, you know, if I was to come to her and say, you know what, I want to end my life, she would be like, Kel, what do we need to do to help you? Right? So it's all about just reaching out to people that love and support you. Um, they want to help you. And people that understand you too, because everybody can try to help, but not everybody will understand what you're going through because they have different perspectives. And I've experienced that myself. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, everybody really... thinks that they know the solution to your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they don't. People don't always know. No, they don't. And um, people, you know, always say, you know, if there's one thing you do not say to someone who's grieving, get over it. You don't say that. No. You just don't say that. You say, look, I can't, I don't know. I don't fully understand what you're going through, but in a sense, I kind of do. But at the same time, all I can do is just be there and try to help. And grieving doesn't have to be just over a loved one dying or anything like that. It could be just over a condition. You're, yeah. yeah. Be a job you lost. It can be whatever. Yeah. People and then the other thing that I did, because, you know, sometimes you don't want to talk. Right. And, then and I that's would okay. Just, I would just go to YouTube and I would look up motivational speakers. And then I would just watch videos. And yeah, yeah. that really helped me too, because there's a lot of times I don't feel like talking to people. I'm, I'm very introverted. And sometimes I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to talk. Exactly. To yeah. So, well, so motivational videos really helped me too. So yeah. your message is anybody who's struggling in life, just get help. If, if one person doesn't get it, find someone who does, right? Exactly. Exactly. Because I hear you, you know, suicide is terrible because you, you think, oh, if I end my life, I won't be in any more pain. And we've heard at times if you do commit suicide, you don't go to heaven, which I, yeah, you I just, actually I intentionally, intentionally kill yourself just for attention, you may not. But if you, if you're really suffering, God like understands it, you know, but at the same time, you know, if I do this, I'm going to leave a big hole behind with my family. Oh, yeah. Kelly, I'm Absolutely. proud of that you were strong and you did not, you did not act. And I want to promote the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you're having thoughts of suicide, please call. I don't know in Canada if it's available, but in the U.S., uh, it's called 988. That's the mental health emergency. That's the equivalent to 911 for mental health emergencies. And even if you're not uh, trying to commit suicide, if you just need to talk to someone, there's someone there who will listen. They're not like licensed counselors. If anything, they'll just help get you started to like help you connect with resources such as a therapy. And of course, they won't, they won't, they won't act that they won't alert authorities or anything unless they do believe you are going to act in commit suicide and you have a plan. So if you, even if you're not going to commit suicide, if you just want to talk, call 988 and they can help you. That's and there's also another number. It's uh, 800-273-8255. Yep. That's the same number. That's mm -hmm. the same. That's the same number. And now that it's so much shorter, 988, it's so much shorter to remember. It's, it's so much easier for people to call. Yeah, Absolutely. So you guys, I would love to extend an invitation to you guys to be on my podcast. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we I would really love both of you guys. Because um, my next book is called Grit, Guts, and Courage. And basically what it is, is it's uh, stories of people who have overcome something. And Good so job. I would love to interview both of you guys. And so what we're doing is we're taking those interviews and it's a podcast and it's also a book. So I'll just put the number here in the chat because I've got um, the Hero app also. So, so you just use the text the word grit and at 202-866-2844. Mm, that's a yeah, Washington I, I texted number. it already. I, I listened to one of your podcasts. I did. Yeah, you did. I know you're on it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it, I love to be on it. So yeah, before we close out, I'm gonna leave this to you, Kelly, because you know what? You're just not an entrepreneurial friend. You're a personal friend to us, and if you don't mind, especially you know finances are tight right now. Uh, of course, because I'm not making money yet, but I hope it's gonna be very soon with what I'm doing. But if you don't mind. I would love to get on an airplane and come see you in Edmonton. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where do you, where do you guys live? 
I'm in Houston, uh, Texas. He Tyler, he's four hours east of me. Oh, cool. Well, that's or awesome. north. Well, yeah, I was yeah, in like Texas northeast. a year ago, so I'll keep that in mind Ooh. that you guys are in Texas. So then All maybe, right. next time I'm in Texas, we can get together. Exactly. Yeah. And so I want to leave you this. Yeah, that would be awesome. Kelly's, uh, so Kelly's inspirational life. Kelly's inspirational journey. Thank you so much. Verse one. Thank you. When the in the depths of despair, when the flames took hold of her, Kelly's spirit refused to break, even when the world seemed to forsake. Course, Kelly Ferrado, you're a shining light. Your strength and courage are such a sight. You've been through the fire and emerged so strong. You inspire us all with your beautiful song. Verse two. I'm going to try and sing this, actually. Battling through surgeries and pain, through the bullying and the shame, Kelly rose above it all, and her spirit too strong to fall. Verse three. No, Bridge. From tragedy to triumph, Kelly's journey shows us all that no matter what happens, we can all rise up and stand tall. In the chorus, Kelly Ferrado, you're a shining light. Your strength and courage are such a sight. You've been through the fire and emerged so strong. You inspire us all with your beautiful song. Verse three, now an entrepreneur, speaker and coach. A best-selling author, Kelly's approach is to teach us all that we are enough, perfect as we are, strong and tough. Outro, Kelly, you are loved by all. Your light shines bright and tall. Your journey inspires us to be strong, courageous, and free. Yeah, you're so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, oh, that is amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you being on here today. Yes. Oh, it's such an honor to be on your show with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't you're wait to be on your show. Well, give it up for Kelly Filardo, everybody on Hope Without Sight, episode 39. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hope Without Sight with Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans and got a lot of takeaways from this podcast. We hope you feel renewed, inspired, and encouraged like you can just carry on and conquer the world. Please hit the subscribe button on all platforms and tell your friends and family to do the same. And in the meantime, blessings to all.